workshops and location, but first, the new DGK video, Zeitgeist. 2022 is the 20th anniversary of DGK, a brand started, quote unquote, for those that come from nothing, or it might be who come here. Anyway, it rode the streetwear wave, survived some notable departures and retirements, and celebrates this year by releasing Zeitgeist, a video that features some visual interludes that really make you think. And according to Mike's count, 47 writers. Mike, did you like do a little like check mark list? Like you do four and then a line across to make five? I wish, I wish. Or did you have like one of those bouncer to club? To get, you know what I mean? Like tick, 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 tick. Yeah, yeah. Like the old school like person entering the building counter <laughs> as I watch the video. Click. I knew it. Anyway, Mike, how does DGK fit into the current zeitgeist, Lorcate, of skating? That's an interesting question. I think I came to the conclusion that it's like a, it's a holdover of the everybody's good phase where like nearly 50 dudes, one woman in the video, and uh, they're nose sliding, they're flipping out, they're tail sliding, they're flipping out, they're jumping stacks, they're, you know, doing a bunch of good tricks, and... It kind of washed over me like a wave. Let me tell you, I, certain things stick out, but it's like just a barrage of like pretty, pretty high level skating. Some of the guys were better than others. What What was your overall impression? Where does it fit in? Well, first of all, I'm a big, big, big fan of the whole DGK ethos. Like Stevie, Kalis and I, you know, pretty much the same age, came up in like the, you know, early 90s Plaza era, like watched pack of lives every day i think i saw in some interview that cv said that you know pack of lives tim henry's pack of lives the blind video is his favorite of all time which you know for me it's up there so we have like a similar mindset so i'm a big fan especially also a big fan of their graphics like they had that street racer series recently and especially they had this a call of duty like takeoff called call of Kalis. <laughs> that's yeah that's i mean come on could not be more in my wheelhouse so yeah big fan of you know the whole brand it kind of reminds me of Gold Goons, uh, Rest in Peace Gold Wheels. Actually, they might have run it back. If you remember that video from like 2015, mm -hmm. similar type of thing, just like threw every flow rider in there. Everyone had like two tricks or whatever, like a bunch of the dudes. And, but you just remember it for one or two parts. Actually, one part, um, the Tiago and Carlos Iki part, which was um, spectacular. So... This is kind of a similar thing. Like, it's a lot of dudes. A lot of dudes are good. Friend of mine, Eric Valderez, is in there with some Pulaski from Boy. And by the way, like, a lot of his footage that is on, you know, just his Instagram and stuff is, like, way better. Which I kind of I kind of think is the case for a lot of these. Like, for example, Nick Diaz. I've seen, like, way more hardcore shit from him just, like, on his Instagram. Yeah, that, that whole idea kind of struck me watching it, where it's, like, a lot, some of those, you know, some of the less known people in that video are probably filming more for Instagram than anything else. And it's like a weird, I don't know, like a weird divide. It, it seemed like, well, I feel like the, like even, even your known quantities, like your Dane, Danes Vaughn and <laughs> Chaz's RTs, like they had good stuff in there. Don't get me wrong. But then you see some of the stuff on Instagram and you're like, are these things really on different tiers? Like it didn't yeah, seem like yeah. It. It's like, what are even the tears in? Who knows? It's it just depends on what cameras it, camera it's filmed on. Yeah, and like I mean, the the film uh, along those lines, the filming I thought was pretty good. I a little too much like long lens for my taste. I'm more of like fisheye guy. But yeah, that's just because 90s fisheye vignette that old. Um, yeah, Chaz and Dane Vaughn 
Chad had like a ton of fucking good footage. Like he really like uh, reps the DGK apparel. Yep. Pretty heavy. Like he had old jackets and whatnot. I think he had my favorite, one of my favorite tricks in there for sure. Maybe the most memorable just because I love it. And he does, it's like the only dude who does backside 180 faking nose grind, like switch flip or switch heel. So he did yeah. one hauling ass on a kind of escalator ledge to switch flip. That was great. Yeah, that was sick. Uh, some guy did like a backside 180 nose grind, like switch 180 heel out. Yep. Which I think someone did. Maybe way. Chaz has done one of those. Yeah, it might have been Chaz, but that's like like uh that's crazy. Like, well, first of all, um Brian Reed's part was uh was fucking stellar. Like I watched it multiple times. Like, the whole thing fucking came together with like East Coast footage, even some West Coast footage too. Like the song, the song is like 60% when they start go. Probably the best use of Griselda a Griselda song, even though it's not technically a Conway, like, yeah, just the whole vibe, like, it's one of the best parts I've seen uh, this year, Brian Reed, I don't know if I, I said the right person, but yeah, Brian Reed. I think I think you meant Brian Reed, yeah. 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 <laughs> However, a lot of the dudes that, uh, you know, have had a lot of juice the past year, only had, like, a small amount of footage, like Kevin Bilyeu, mm-hmm. who, you know, is fucking incredible, he only had, like, one two-trick line, um shanahan was in a montage kevin augustine who is like i don't know dude he's got a lot of juice on instagram or whatever he's like super charismatic his i I think his part in like the most recent dc video that we talked about was like way better yeah yeah it was funky editing like and i'm i I do want to say it's like a, a well tightly tightly edited video in that like they didn't overdo it with the you know stock footage whatever that was kind of a cross of like bronze and slave and i don't know you know they 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 did well with what they were trying to do in that like you know cut cutting stuff in and sometimes having a little humor with it so tightly edited in that in that way but like i know boo johnson like he's another one of their i think bigger names or yeah he's He's, yeah he's for them like he hasn't fallen off as of late to my knowledge but you know he's like in the middle of an early montage with one or two tricks and just kind of like those editing choices don't quite make sense to me in the sense that like you know maybe put all the name dudes together and have uh i don't know the first part guy whose name i'm just blanking on like he seemed like a newer dude who then shared a part with Chaz, and like they both were ripping but seemed a little hodgepodgey but maybe that's me well it's tough when you're trying to put 47 dudes in a half hour video. <laughs> right. Well stated. But I mean, that's, I guess that's what they were going for. Like give the flow dudes a little shine or whatever. Like maybe next time they do like your more traditional type of video where you focus on the pros and you know, their personalities and everything. Cause they got a lot of juice. Like, yeah. Especially Shanahan has been like everywhere lately. Oh, he's like seemingly one of the best dudes out in terms of being able to do it all and then do unexpected stuff at the same time. Yeah. He's like a ATV. I wouldn't even say Loki at ATV. It's more like Mickey because like he posts a lot of footage and like skating vert, whatever the fuck Woodward. You should put knee pads over Pangea jeans. That would be just a flex. I'm sure he has. Dude. I'm sure he's <laughs> skated vert in them one time or another. Yeah, the like the stock foot stock footage thing kind of remind me of that Planet Earth video now and later. Mm. Like you know environment shit end of the world political stuff you know all kind of you know visual collage kind of kind of deal that was sick but um let's talk about the trick selection you mentioned it before like a lot of like a not a lot of no slides 
flipping out every which way. Like Guy Kempfen was just smiling down on this video, like the yeah, that dude was really ahead of his time. And people, I I think he did a the nose slide nolly big spin heel in like a late teens, early twenties four one one. Yeah, he did it was super in, well. Yeah, it was in his four one profile. Like people thought he was goofy or whatever. Like oh, like Euro. This was being when being Euro was was whack. But not now. It's like now it's like the shit. It's like a feather in your. It was like, right. oh, Dark Star, Tensor Trucks, whatever. But, like, dude, look at this shit now. Every other trick is, like, in this vi- this video, at least, it's, like, no side, nollie, heel out, and any type of variation. They even brought back the 360 flip no slide a couple times. So that's yep. okay. That's true. That one dude did the the full heli, like, no, or 360 flip no slide, big spin, shove it out. Like Yeah, that was, that was pretty tech. Like, it's almost like, yeah, like you said, a throwback to the everyone is good era. It's It's kind of like, was that did that coincide with like the late OOs with the late aughts? Kind of, yeah, middle aughts. It was like like the whole Supreme video cherry. I feel like muddied it a little bit because that was about being ultra dope as well as ultra like super good. Yeah, but it just it was just you know kind of the skating was at such a high level that I feel like there's been a reaction to it now where you know vibes are as important as the tricks. But in this video, it seemed like it was just like you know nuclear war or some shit where it's just like big guns at all times you know yeah like it's definitely a full uh like full frontal assault tech in your face yeah I, I think like when sherry came out that was definitely a shift to more like like stylized not like regressive actually it kind of became regressive in a little bit then people a little started bit doing, started doing like skating curves or whatever not like there's anything wrong with skating curves but like you know I mean? like slappies the whole like slappy movement or whatever mm-hmm so yeah, I mean, I dig it though, because it's, it's so antithetical to what's cool. I mean, but you know, Will Mazar, he's one of those Boston, you know, ledge lords. He definitely can see why he had last part and shit. He, he could be a fourth McClung brother, man. He's kind of got that vibe. Yeah, like, uh, like yeah, Trent. Yeah, like like uh, Tech like sits on sides and grinds for a long ass time. What the hell all did he do? Yeah, he's like super progressive and shit too. Although he his tricks still look cool. Even though they're kind of esoteric, like 360 flip nose grind. Yeah. Like, who the fuck does that, man? Fake Yali backside, tailside, Rick flip out, I guess. Yep. So, yeah, he's definitely got a little bit of juice. He had a really good part in that one Boston video a couple months back. Yeah, I'm just wondering if, you know, it, it was good to have a full part from him. I don't know. A little condensing the video might have made it easier viewing for me, but then, you know, the DVD extras don't exist anymore. Yeah. But- yeah, I mean, dude, that's a good point. Like, in a perfect world, you'd have, like, you know, a video with your pros and, you know, main AMs and then, like, DVD extras with, you know, your flow montage. I feel like it's instructive to look at, like, Weekend, the way um, Grant Yenser does those videos where it's, like, everybody gets some, but then there's usually two focuses. And the same with, like, the way Real kind of will, you know, even if they put out a standalone part, everybody's got a clip in it, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, then again, you know, if you've got 47 people on the program, <laughs> not everybody's going to get fed that way. So, yeah, back to the uh, the trick selection. What do you think about the two uh, Italians? I assume they're Italians. Like, gosh, I, I mean, like Ariel's Parmigiano. I assume he's from Parma, Italy. I mean, you, you're going to have to jog my memory with a trick. Oh, he does. Uh, he does all does those crazy backflip flips like. Oh, uh, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like switch back foot flip manual to leaky flip out just the, the whole like back foot flip wave i mean he does that trick very well 
and that's a matter of taste whether you're into it or not. But he does it well. He was good. I thought he was Brazilian because some of those, you know, the I don't know the 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 Latin, the South American, you know, Southern European, hot, you know, highway goes both ways, yeah. whatever. But um, no, he was he was rad. And for a little while there, I was like, you can't do a switch late flip that well and then not have a couple more in the part. And so he delivered on that. And that uh, what the last trick switch back tail switch heel out that yeah was, that was good yeah that, that was pretty crazy and the other dude they said his name was robot is that i couldn't figure out if that was his like graffiti name or nickname or what but uh yeah he was, he was pretty sick too like switched i don't think i've seen a switch double heel like down a set of stairs since like maybe like yesterday's future or one of those canadian videos oh. <laughs> you, you should get your take on the canadians in the video while we're on yeah. the topic yeah 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 uh yeah, the Canadians were pretty sick. Like that guy Isaac Walker, I was like, I just know him by his Instagram name, which is like Young right. Spin, Young Spin in '95. Because he was born in 1995, the same year. I'm as not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's his year of birth or like like a year that he's psyched on or whatever. But that did pretty smooth. It did pretty smooth. The other Canadian dudes kind of all blended together. All kind of looked the same. Then yeah. there was yeah, but you know, speaking of you know the whole Brazil barcelona axis like it's good to see Dwayne fagundes still out there doing it the 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 names in this video are fantastic and then the way that they just like they did uh last name first then first name in some yeah i like that it's very mind-bending man yeah no one's done that it's like very organized yeah like with the computerized font or whatever yeah it's really clean yes on that brazil barcelona pipeline nick diaz i i am feeling that dude like I think the, the problem with so many skaters and so many people like skating similarly is that I guess unless edited really strategically, it can kind of like blend together. But then, yeah, that Nick Diaz kind of interlude where that dude is just like different than everybody else. I have a theory that he's the Brazilian uh, Travis Stanger just in bit. terms of like properness. Yeah, the same like good like upper body posture. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call on that. That that dude's pretty rad. Yeah, and I did, I I, I liked his stuff in this where it wasn't just all like monster pop because when he pops up on IG, it's just like this dude's a beast. Look at this. Yeah, yeah. What the what the hell? Yeah, like heel flip tail side at uh Sans. Yep, that was that was pretty crazy. Who? uh, Speaking of names, um, I hope I'm saying this right. Dlamini, Dlamini. Was was pretty beast. I've seen his shit before. He's from Germany. Can't make this stuff up, man. Yeah. So I think I think they brought him out here to get some footage. Like, what do you do? Like frontside when he flipped nose grind down a handrail. That's pretty. That's pretty gnar. Front wait. Frontside heel flip. Fakey nose grind. I think it was a like frontside when he kick flip. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I misheard you. Yeah. I remember that. It's like the Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yeah. Dynamic. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> what else is there, man? Um. I'm always curious with this level of tech, and I think you know some of the standouts kind of kind of answer the question in this. But like, what's it like seeing some of these guys in person? I, I I guess I'm just curious, like who's consistent, who's struggling, but can like make the you know insane shit eventually. I guess it's like you know when you when you see some of, some of the, I think when it's this type of skating, I'm like when you see them in person, you're like, do they rip or are they just good but able to make it on video? I don't know. Does does that whole? Yeah, like I mean, like yeah, seeing people in person is really like the real shit. 
like usually it only takes like 10 seconds like some like you see them if you see them like lock into a backside tail slide inside for like 20 feet you're, you're just like oh that guy rips at skating you know right right but yeah some of this shit is super one thing i will say like kevin augustine i've probably said this before i don't know how he does all that flipping and flip out shit on like the rounded ass mainlet at pulaski like the right hand side isn't that bad but the left hand the left hand side been skating the most is like super rounded off shout out that guy that's like the one that runs parallel to the three stair i guess there's two parts that run parallel yeah yeah it's parallel to the three stair and like the statue is like in the background kind of but we're just talking like ancient worn granite that's like yeah 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 people have been skating it for like probably like 35 years or something right still going at, by the way there was some shit in the news about them like redesigning the plaza or whatever getting rid of it i haven't heard any shit about that for a while i do remember that popping up and what dc parks council wanting to do something yeah with it? some shit like that or they were i don't i don't even know if they were like having like a referendum or whatever but i don't know what the status of that is i gotta probably look it up i mean just the the durability of that place is pretty incredible because you know you have the beat ass ledges probably similar to like well granite is different than the concrete of the venice pit but i don't know sometimes sometimes when it's that broken in it, it's it's just better yeah yeah it probably it probably took a while to break in the first place i was thinking about like the upper part where everyone skates flat i would think that area would be trash just from like axles and like people going primo is but, that concrete uh, up there in sections or is it um granite floor? i think it's granite so yeah like, yeah i don't it's like fucking, i guess it must be fucking like indestructible i guess well i mean uh, like nobody skates anything as much as you know pulaski around here but like uh no you you, you tweeted about wearing the supreme pillsbury doughboy kit and getting a clip yes. of pillsbury here former pillsbury it's now the u.s bank building but like that place has been skated for let's say 20 wait it's 2022 yeah that place has been skated for like 25 to 30 years and yeah it's granite floor and it's still just pristine yeah yeah I, I don't know i just thought it was funny to have a spot named after a food item well that place was rad because there there used to be it was a granite letters that were like how to best describe this like tilt lifted yeah. out of the ground and yeah i've seen that it was like 3d kind of yeah and it was just looking, yeah i've seen that brian heck did a backside nose blunt on the pillsbury p which is <laughs> absolutely legendary in so many ways man stevie got his pure trick there in in the video what, did, did we like that are we hung up on his grip tape <laughs> oh i didn't i didn't even notice what was on his grip tape i don't know it was like so graphicked out it it, it didn't even look like anything it was graphic. yeah i mean that that was a good trick uh i mean switch manual yes about like all quick obviously like the it would be like it'd be impossible to do it better than the Ave one, right? But like at this point, it's like people just like to see you skate, you know? Yeah, I think I think he he did well. Yeah, I think he had three three clips, four clips, but I think the payoff was there when he showed up second to last. Yeah, yeah. Kalis Kalis only had two tricks. I was kind of hoping for some Grand Rapids footage because, like, yeah, based on his Instagram, that place is some pretty interesting spots, but. Yeah, I, I guess that's the that's the thing that we're coming back to. Like, are people like saving their best footage for the board sponsor or Instagram or the shoe sponsor? Seems like it's split between the shoe sponsor and Instagram. Yeah, yeah, that's weird, dude. That's well, I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, even DGK being the last of the KO brands, unless I'm like missing something, you know, you just wonder how much how much money is left 
<laughs> for a board company to pay people because I know you know I think I've brought it up on the uh, on here like 10 years ago when everybody left girl it was like well they're paying me three grand a month I could start my own brand and pay myself three grand a month and it seems hard to imagine that like you know are people <laughs> you know is Kayla still getting x grand a month or what What? What's yeah who knows man I mean like we well first of all I think that was behind like a bunch of people leaving or whatever like uh Rodrigo Teixeira, famous like quitting via Instagram, uh, what's gonna call it, video press release where we threw the board in the trash can. Still one of the uh, (laughs) great moment in skateboarding, honestly, (laughs) underrated. Though, unfortunately, I don't know, does he have a board sponsor now? Who's he ride for? Uh, I think he's a free agent right now. I mean, after numbers. Uh, Oh, those numbers. That's just like, I was thinking about how much of a memory, I was literally thinking today about how much of a memory hole that whole brand is. Yeah, it's weird. It seems like uh, never happened at all. Like very a, little evidence. It's like very, yeah, it's like a hole in the space time continuum. Like, oh, uh, Tostin and Guy and Antonio Durao had a board brand. But I don't know, shit moves fast these days. Like, people don't even remember shit that happened. Like, what were we even talking about last week? Who knows? It's a good question. Wait, one last thing. Where's Marcus McBride? He should just, yeah. When When was the last time he was in a DGK feature? Seems like not that long ago he had it was see it seemed like random footage in location and situation, but yeah, he he still has a board. Okay, I did some rudimentary internet research. He still has a board, but he might just have like a. Uh, I mean, his like body of work, you know, so insane that he probably just have a board for all time, like for Cardiel or whatever. Is uh, it's it's the Deca promo. That's that's the part. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll the Deca promo, Deca sneak preview. Yeah, I mean he's one of those guys who's like footage like will probably be immortal via Instagram because like I don't know every three days like you always see like that you know the Pier Seven footage like switch tray over the pad like back you know what I mean backside alley over the giant block. You know, that well, there's on like there all the time. There's kind of the hive mind of the IG post like clip poster guys. Yeah. Where sometimes you can see that like there's a ripple through skateboarding and then they all kind of start posting like related stuff. And it would be great if all of a sudden Marcus like secured the collective unconscious and just we got all the clips. Yeah. I mean, what else? What all has he had? He was like mad. Let's look over his bio work. It was mad circle. Let the horns blow. Oh, he was in there. Yeah, yeah, a little part of that trilogy, maybe like Rodney versus Day One, One and Two. Then yeah. that's like four parts, the two deck of it, and then yeah. he had then he's had parts that you gave me. So he's had like ten or more video parts if you really think about it. Speaking of the one hundred and one connection, was was that like a in the very intro of Zeitgeist, the very intro, the very beginning of Zeitgeist, where the DGK logo goes like digitized red was that was that a 101 shout out for trilogy oh i didn't i didn't make that connection maybe that would be sick they should have done the whole uh like digitized voice thing <laughs> oh, what a- 47 skaters over 47 like the, the do we i don't do we have the technology to do like a 40 a grid with like 47 <laughs> like a 47 screen thing i mean if nothing else like that's names being recited well, what's good about that is, you know, 49 screens, that's seven by seven. And you just, you know, maybe you put a DGK up in one corner and then like a DGK in the other corner. It's 47 screens for 47 skaters. Yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> we have the technology. All right. Bear with me. What What's that German kid's name again? 
Dlamani, Dlamani. Dlamani, Dlamani. No, I, I mean, you need Dlamini. Dlamini, Dlamini. That's my robot voice. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Just do that, do that 46. Holy shit. Whoa. Uh, Dlamini, Dlamini was the only skater whose um, name was the same when they introduced him last name first. Yeah, it's the same, it's the same <laughs> both ways. We've literally gotten to the bottom of this video. Yeah, I mean, DGK still has a lot of juice, like Kev, Kevin, Shanahan. But Brian Reed, I think this was like a, a breakout part. That's like his going. Yeah, he seems like he's got some juice. He's kind of like out there. I mean, I've been terrible as of late of keeping up with stuff. Let's say on the margins. But yeah, I, I, I know who that guy is. So no, it's crazy that DGK has been around for 20 years because I remember thinking when Stevie quit chocolate, like, what the fuck? Are you, doing, <laughs> like, like, you idiot. <laughs> Why are you doing this? It was so tight. But I mean. It's 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 debatable now which company has more juice because chocolate is on sure footing that was, but shit, not that long ago you could say DGK was far bigger than a chocolate oh, yeah. skateboard. Yeah, they had a they had a license to print money for a while with that uh that I love haters shit. Well, and now they're on. Uh, I I kind of dig that like that little um coda at the end with the children and skateboards and you know skateboarding saved my life. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, that's dope. They they should have like gone into more detail with that. And, uh, what, I mean, was a program they do or something? I don't know. That's pretty tight. Yeah, that was a lot of little kids with like brand new completes, and uh, yeah, it's a good look. Yeah. And speaking of brand new completes, whoa! Everyone remembers going into a shop and looking at the board wall, getting your very first complete. And along those lines, talking about shops, retail space, that kind of thing. Everyone knows the three most important things in the real estate game are location, location, location. For skate shops, it's even more critical because their client base, skaters and civilians, varies based on a number of factors like spots, skate parks, foot traffic, fashion trends. Along those lines, Mike recently wrote about a new shop opening in St. Paul across the river from the focal points of Twin City skating, like all those spots you've probably seen in the vids. Mike, let's say we're opening the mostly skateboarding store. Yeah. A brick and mortar retail operator. Where do we look for retail space? What's important to look? I mean, I'm cribbing from your notes, but I think everybody's in agreement anymore that like the strip mall skate shop is is kind of deaded at this point. Like unless you can skate the curb in front. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. My uh my home shop when I was a kid was in a strip mall and like I think it started in like the it was on the 80s in the 80s and it was like on the border of a really big like suburban area like a huge yeah. ass suburban area so it was like the only place to go for skate shit but this was before the internet internet kind of you know fucked that whole game up so where where's the the hot place to go now if you're trying to put a shop I mean ideally it's in like yeah foot traffic zone other hip retail in the area like I know for yeah Minneapolis St Paul Minnesota like like I touched on in that in that story there's uptown Minneapolis which I don't know back in the 80s 90s was kind of like punk rock alternative central like Prince had a storefront down there and it's oh yeah what kind of shit like what was it? <laughs> like like uh purple like lace uh shirts or lace like uh three like double breasted coats or whatever the fuck. So I was like 13 or 14, the only ever, like the times I went there, it was right, it was on Hennepin Avenue, just a little south, I'm, I shouldn't say south, I don't, I can't picture the directions right now, west, yeah, west of Lake Street, no, it's on Lake Street, west of Hennepin, 
But the point is, I don't even know if they sold stuff, really. <laughs> there was a store with, like, a shimmery kind of uh, bangly, like, sign that didn't say anything. It was just, like, gold shimmer. And then you went in, there was, like, prince artifacts and memorabilia. And you probably could buy something. But, like, again, we'd go down there and walk around, push around, hit the, hit the various skate shops there, go into the prince shop, and I don't even remember if anybody ever worked there. <laughs> it was just, like, a storefront. And he bought, yeah. like, no one, no one, like, manning the operation. It's just, like, hey, come in, look at some Prince uh, shit. For all we know, like, Prince, you know, drove in in his purple Mercedes, like, unlocked the door, got it going, and locked it up at night. And I don't think he drove his car, though. It, it, the, he always had, like, tall, attractive women driving the car for him. Oh, oh of course. So, um, But where are we putting this skate shop? I mean, it's foot traffic. You know, you got to have foot traffic. And the point I was making or trying to make (laughs) before I, you know, brought up the print shop was that uptown Minneapolis, alternate alternative zone, walkable, lots of shopping. That's where the skate shops have always been in the Twin Cities. Like, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Like, it's funny. Like, when I'm in, whenever I'm in the shop here, uh, venue skateboarders, like setting up a board or whatever. Most of the people that come in are just like civilians are just walking by like, oh, let's see what's going on in here. You know, oh, hey, you know, yep. that kind of shit. It's like sometimes like a skater will come in and get a board or whatever, but it's mostly like that, that, that type of uh, clientele, which I mean, that's like the, uh, the shit shops mo- make the most money on like their own branded soft goods. Yep. Yeah. You know, even though boards are like, how, how much are boards now? Like 80 bucks at like 70, 80 bucks. Yeah. Geez. I have not, I've been buying, I'm terrible. I've been buying shop boards for like the last four years now, but <laughs> I know, um, I did recently hear that. Yeah. Even the, um, I don't remember if I brought this up on here, but I heard that, um, at least the wood shops. Now this is for shop made stuff. Bigger boards cost a little bit more, like a buck more, like an 8.5 cost more. Than oh yeah. No shit. Yeah. Just on the the changing margin. So, I mean, it's all, yeah, it's all finally pressing up, which is, yeah. Yeah. Cause reporting, like working on this story about the, the St. Paul shop after our skate shop, which is uh, being done by some people from third layer. Like it's affiliated with one of the large indoor parks here. <laughs> I, I, I interviewed a guy who opened a shop in 88 that ran through like 94, I want to say. And I think his secret sauce, God, I should just almost pull up the notes, but you know, he was, I'm going to pull up the notes. Bear with me. Didn't get the notes document. But, you know, even back then in 88, I think the the price point was $44, $45 for, oh, yeah. Yeah. for a my, deck. Yeah, my shop was $45, $50 for the – it was always like $50 with grit. Yeah, so it was like – oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, so the upstart skate shop, this guy was 17 when he started Pat Skate Shop. Pat Waters was a good interview, but yeah, his trick was thirty-seven fifty for a deck when it was forty-two Holy. or forty-five elsewhere. But yeah, to think that it was like the the standard was fifty bucks for a pro model until not that long ago, six seven years ago, until it started really creeping up. That's that's kind of crazy. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about the context of the shop you uh, did this article about in St. Paul. Like I just I just did a crash course in Minneapolis geography. <laughs> yeah getting ready for this podcast so minneapolis the twin cities are minneapolis <laughs> and st paul st paul is east and minneapolis is west am i right correct and they're separated by a river for the most part for them yeah so so i live i live on the east side of the mississippi which okay. is uh traditionally thought of as st paul 
land, but I am in Minneapolis. Gotcha. Technically. Right. And Correct. Familia, which is the shop that I'm most with the shop in Door Park, yep. that's in Minneapolis, I assume. That yeah, both locations in Minneapolis. And uh though, however, pertinent here, they opened originally in St. Paul on the same on the same like main arterial street as right, right, right. the shop that's opening now. Gotcha. And third layer skate park, uh, with which the owner of called After Hours. After hours. Yeah. Where is where is that located in relation to to after hours? So third layer was in like South Minneapolis in a building that had two parks in it previous, two different parks, Twin City Skate Oasis and Cannon Skate Park. Right. Hence third layer, third third place. But then they uh gotcha. they moved they stayed in the west side or like the west end of the metro and uh they're in a like a first ring suburb called Golden Valley which is yeah right outside of Minneapolis. Okay, gotcha. So, next question. Skate market is pretty small. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, especially compared right. to a lot of other uh retail markets. So, is there any beef like between when you're opening a new shop, is there any beef between other shops in the area or feeling like you're stepping on toes or any of that kind of vibe? Mm, I don't know how much there is nowadays. Right. But I know, I mean, I, I, and in the story I wrote, you know, the, the again, the upstart shop in 88 got blacklisted from AWH by the other shops in town. Back right. Then. Yeah. That, that, that was my favorite part of the article because the, because they were blacklisted by the distributor. The only brand they could get was world industry. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So like those types of shenanigans and, you know, <laughs> those types of shenanigans have happened since, to my knowledge. I guess it's not super firsthand, but, like, yeah, I mean, in years past, there's been contentious shop stuff. And I'm sure it's like that in other, like, cities where people feel like they've staked their claim to a neighborhood or, you know, a section of a city or the whole city itself and don't like competition. But um, I don't think there's too much chafing. Then again, I, I pretty much go to the go to the Familia Park and don't talk shop too much anymore. Right. But but one of the yeah one of the main thrusts of the story I wrote was just that like it's been yeah 25 30 years of shops coming and going in St. Paul and there's always been this epicenter in Minneapolis where you know it's kind of like if you can make a skate park work in St. Paul you can make it work anywhere in a way. But um yeah I don't know there's more like there's new and better than minneapolis skate parks parks in st paul now if that chain of words makes sense is it a more like suburban area you know it's it's still pretty like urban and all that and i think uh you know by some some private liberal arts colleges and you know development and it's on a cool yeah Yeah, college, college kids that's good it's on a brt bus rapid transit line as a uh, state representative who uh, retweeted the story pointed out so oh they oh they have that that shit here it's like it's like a bus but it has its own dedicated lane so we don't have the we have no dedicated lane but you 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 pay your fare before you get on oh okay yeah yeah they have this shit here it's like buses and they have stops the stop is like a subway stop and it has its a, like a dedicated lanes so we can go like super fast or fast or whatever. I don't know. Small town rap, small town uh, rapid transit. Yeah, I guess. Dang. So... Like, if Max Dubler listens, we just finally got into his wheelhouse. Yeah, you know, mass transit, uh, walkable. I don't know if we can talk about this. Is not this is now an urbanism uh, podcast. Get into longboard truck design. We've yeah, got the long, yeah. 
What what else about it? Like going more more broadly though, like what else of the skate shop location? I mean, uh, I talked to Pete Spooner, who's made some videos. I'm trying to think. Uh, it's not his most recent one, but he made like Skating is Easy. If you remember that title, yeah, it's yeah. kind of split between New New Good York, title. Midwest, etc. But you know, he pointed out how all the New York City skate shops have ended up the most you know recent string of successful ones, labor, etc. Have been at least in proximity to the city skate parks. And I feel like that that plays like, especially in a place like New York where, I don't know, there's plenty of street skating, but you know, everybody goes yeah, to the park. I'm, yeah, I mean, obviously location to a park, especially a real active park is uh, beneficial. Cause like, oh, you, like need a set board or you go skate, go to the shop, break a board, go over to the shop. That's important. Um, maybe if they're if it's near a spot like an active plaza spot or something that's also good or it's kind of risky like if the spot gets shut down or whatever then kind of right. like out of luck that happened here where like there was this uh really active foundation spot called Hippoland, and someone opened a spot on uh, not a spot a shop like a couple blocks down for a while but after you know the spot eventually got shut down and shit i don't, I don't know what happened i guess it's yeah. Then there's, of course, um, in New York, the legendary Benji's Ultimate Journey, which I think was just, I guess, this guy Benji's apartment near the banks that he would would just like sell product out of. Brad. Yeah, there was around here. There was Rutabaga Sticks, S T I X, and it was, I mean, it was always out of this dude Matt Mock's house, wherever he tended to live, and so it was in Rochester, Minnesota, for a while, home of the Mayo Clinic, like 90 minutes from the Twin Cities. Then when he went to the U of M, it just, you know, migrated up and again, operated out of wherever he was living. Way back in the day, Crail Tab had a list of their like 50 favorite shops that had accounts and Rutabaga Sticks was one of them. I don't know if they ever learned that it was not, that had no storefront. I think that's how uh, it was Pat's Skate Shop that got kind of blacklisted by AWH at the behest of other shops around here. And that shop I think it's worth mentioning on the podcast was it was it was above a bar called Trend Bar in St. Paul and they didn't exactly have a storefront but it was still like a retail space but yeah that was used against them too what happened was AWH would just ship the shipments slower and slower and slower <laughs> so like you put it in an order and it shows up 5 weeks later oh uh, man playing hardball yep forced him into the hands of Rocco that's, that's... The arms of Rocco <laughs> yep yeah, I always thought that was dope when people would have a shop like in their house. I'm not sure if it's legal or whatever. I think it's frowned upon by a lot of the brands. And I mean, you know, I was talking about board prices. That's that's when the, you know, when you don't necessarily have a rent to pay, that that's one of the things that comes up. It's like they're undercutting us because, yeah, 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 yeah. That, we're uh, working in shops that would come up like, ah, this fucking kid's got got a shop and he's selling boards for 37 well, 37 dollars again you know yeah so like how active is like at its biggest like how many shops were in me so it sounds like there was a lot at one like here it's always been one like it was like classic boards was in my shop and i was a young it was like the you know, back door to mini venue mm-hmm. like other there have been a couple a couple of like surf shops like 17th street surf shop had a couple of stores up here for a while they're gone there been a couple like boutiques that kind of like sold board and shit. They're gone. So it was always like one. So it right. sounds like there was a Minneapolis has been able to support a lot of shops simultaneously. Yeah. It, like due to word count constraints, I couldn't get into like blow by blow how many shops there would have been, you know, in like 
1995, but I was looking at, you know, a trans world from then and looking at, you know, the places that sold trans world. And right. uh, in that uptown Minneapolis neighborhood, there was a CalSurf. There was the alternative. There was Al John's. And these shops were like, I don't know, you could walk from one to the other to the third in like 10 minutes. And then there was also like a lava lounge. That was also like you could you could still walk to all those shops in 10 minutes. And that place sold sold boards and also like fat pants and raver shit. Right. And then like when the Mall of America opened, I think that was 92. Uh, I can't remember if I mentioned Al John's, which was like a, you know, sex wax and bikinis and skateboards shop. They had a shop in the original, like that opened with the Mall of America. And they had multiple other locations in the Twin Cities. And um, years later, there was like Phobia Skate Shop, which was kind of the you know the i mean it made a lot of the first i shouldn't say first the second crop of like minnesota pros like nesser clint peterson seth mccullum like those dudes were all right. phobia and that place had three shops like one in downtown minneapolis two in the suburbs like various Damn. places in the city and then there were other you know there was always other shops so it's it's for whatever reason yeah this this metro has been able to support a lot and they haven't always been like skate and snowboard shops like it's pretty intuitive like there's a huge snowboard scene here but um you know shops that mostly cater to skating have been able to been able to survive and compete with others yeah like i always thought it was weird like when i went when i went to new york for college like there was supreme was the it was the only skate shop that was just a skate shop like there were other shit there was like blades Mm -hmm. dsny that had like skateboards but they also did like snowboards and rollerblades and shit yep but i always thought that was weird like in the biggest city in the fucking world there was only <laughs> one only one skate shop yeah and i I'm, I'm actually gonna walk that that previous statement back like i feel i think a lot of shops did have snowboard stuff oh yeah, yeah, yeah. but i mean just because like it, it does make sense around here but it yeah. wasn't it wasn't like the main thing necessarily right like right. it was you know it was s- skate shoes and soft goods on the first floor and then like the snowboard stuff was on the second floor or something or you know it wasn't it wasn't front and center yeah so, I mean, even hey, it uh, gets cold up there it, it it does sometimes though it's like it's been 75 this week which is wild damn crazy yeah same here it's been pretty stoked on it good skate weather yeah it, it so, sure yeah. makes it nice man along those lines that brings us to the part of the show where we talk about what we're stoked on. Mike, what are you stoked on this week? So, uh, yeah, I'm stoked on getting to write about skateboarding and have it published in the local press. So uh, the story we were just talking about, it'll be in the show notes, obviously, but it was for, you should know the URL of the place, racketmn.com. Headline is they're trying to do a skate shop in St. Paul, comma, again. I'm sure you can find it one way or another. Um, pretty fun to, yeah, get lo- like write about skating and then just have like civilians read it and comment about it. And uh, people seemed excited and interested in it. So that was cool. What else am I stoked on? Back to the notes page. Oh, um, yeah, I've been off the podcast for like three weeks in a row. I've been listening and it was pretty hilarious. Like 45 seconds into the discussion of uh, that <laughs> quasi uh, denim car part to be called out. Pretty stoked on that. <laughs> I think Templeton actually explained my position on Quasi pretty well, so I'll leave it at that. Stoked on trick-or-treating with kids who are stoked on trick-or-treating. You can't beat that. And then last but not least, um, 
I had like a calf strain or just like a calf pull. And uh, let me tell you, that's the worst injury on earth, especially if it's in your pushing leg. I recently got over at, over that after like two plus months of not being able to skate all that much. So I've skated twice this week. Stoked on that. Jason, what are you stoked on this week? Stoked on venture trucks out of San Francisco, California. Um, many of a company who have many riders in the DGK video. Not sure how many of the count. Definitely John Shanahan, <clears throat> John Shanahan and uh, Kevin Bilyeu. Also the other Kevin, Kevin Augustine, among others. Stoked on water. Another podcast. Uh, big Kiss fan over here. And there's a podcast called Pod of Thunder where a bunch of guys take one kiss song every week and kind of just dissect it for an hour it's kind of like the same type of like quantum level nerdery that we get into on this <laughs> podcast they do about like individual kiss songs actually i think they went through every single kiss song and now they're just doing you know other random songs by random artists. but yeah it's it's dope if you're into that type of uh, music nerdery uh big catching up on some skate media myself stoked on the dc X Venture vid that came out with like I think Shanahan was in that also Will Marshall, uh, Jameer Brown, bunch of rippers uh, went to Houston to film that a lot of six spots down there they might not have seen in a while. They must be listeners, man. We we're, we're we're bringing up Houston. Yeah, yeah, seriously, yeah, yeah. Shout shout out Houston for real. Also, a uh, little more spot porn in the Spitfire Portugal trip edit from a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, Portugal, maybe the spot porn capital of the world. I, Harry Lintel really stood out to me there. Like, I hadn't seen a ton of his footage, but like, shit he had in here was pretty impressive, especially for a little, little tour edit. Well, that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links and other show notes. Shout out Templeman for doing that. Until then, you can keep with us online, where we are terminally online. Mike, where can the people find you? I'm on uh, both Instagram and Twitter. About to pay my eight bucks and get a certified baby. Yeah, blue Never. checks. Blue checks. No, psych. Big knot. God, I taught my kid knot, and nice. she ran with it <laughs> so hard for like an hour, and then haven't heard about it since that was tight my handles are uh they're the same on both those websites i i mentioned at m munzenrider jason where can the people find you on the internet on the instagram at frozen carbonate on the twitter at carbonite 1994 shout out me i just made it to 2500 followers yeah and uh, writing stuff for coursenext.com just dropped um a piece friday it's my annual skate Skate part of the summer X song of the summer rundown. So check that out if you're already. And uh, yep, see you all next week. Fuck. She see the lamb sitting next to the jet like Chuck. Whoa. <laughs> you 
Pacino, Wobbly and Kenny Smith, plenty kicks in my closet, Wobblies and Penny shits. Hey yo, why you talking? You been a bitch. What's the AR extended clip, tall ligaments? I'm listening, go ahead with your diss track, homie. And see if I don't leave you with a shit bag, homie. Spray a trap up with this smack on me. I'm taking over New York, bitch, that's Tony. Hold up. Just not airs, my jackets is D squared. My jeans 1500 a pair. I swear, I went from sleeping in the chair uh -huh. to sitting in the throne. I'm the illest when I zone. Yeah. My bitch sniffed the white off a of new money. Sniff. Do whatever I say for some shoe money. Uh -huh. The fuck niggas never knew money. I know street niggas that's getting in Dominic and Sue money. Woo. I'm a legend, I swear. And I'm just getting started. I'm already a target. I used to do drive-bys and spray up. Porches. Any rappers can get it, be one of them thousand corpses Was out to let him in the flag our forces In front of King City, see the Lambo doors lift But you should still get your door kicked Wig shot, close range, blood on my Dior shit Machine, nigga uh, The clips and the cases extended Spray the whole thing, I get offended Spray the whole thing, I get offended I spray the whole thing, I get offended Ain't the sticks out the windows so the business You know what it is, you know how it go, nigga. Click, clack, boom, nigga.